There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. We're rolling. This is the campfire chat. Um, so you're pretty cool just to answer any questions. Depends what they are. Awesome. Love that. <laughs> hey, Vincent. Are you now or have you ever been a member of? So you know what? So, so last time you said you were going to like edit out three quarters of our conversation. Yeah. So I decided to invest the time and actually listen in our conversation. And I was surprised. What we didn't edit out. Not. <laughs> Well, I just think... I e- edit is code for remaster. Yeah, it doesn't totally. actually mean cutting anything out. I mean, I really don't care. Um, we're not giving away state secrets. No, that's true. But I did get a lot of, like, offensive messages on LinkedIn. Did going, you really? You know, no. Oh. <laughs> no. I was going to say, well, it didn't work then. No. They were all going, Glenn who? Glenn who? Exactly. Who is that Glenn guy? But um, on the bright and side, I feel like now will be the time. I think that, you know, after this conversation, we'll push the boundaries further. Yeah. So, and it'll be bad. Having said all that, this is the Campfire Chat and Vin Scully, Life Sherpa, what up? What up? Um, you were such a millennial then. <laughs> Ivan Cherilov. Good work. Uh, yep. From yep. OMG, Open Markets Group. We're just here to shoot the breeze. Um no particular agenda. I've got some questions here from people in the Facebook group. Facebook? Uh, yeah. Do you yeah. meta? Do you meta. even? Do you, oh, yeah, so, Ivan, you've been around town for one or three years or however long. Yeah, two. A couple of years. Yeah. yeah. I started when I was 12. I'm now 14. Yeah. That's, that's, so, what's your fair. take on the metaverse? <laughs> like, <laughs> mean, what does that mean? I don't know. Like... Facebook has just recently said, we're called Meta now because it's the future. You know what? If I was rocking up in front of the government um, and explaining what the heck the internet is, I, like, I'd probably rebrand too. Yeah, you true. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty wild, wasn't it? Like you've got regulators who are regulating stuff that they don't even understand. Senator, we sell ads. Yeah. Sorry, but that's different to everything else how in the government? Yeah, true. You know. Let's let's fix coronavirus. So here's a funny story. So my uh, wife's grandma mm. lives in Uzbekistan, and they had and yeah, we, we've got a fellow Uzbeki, you know, listening on on the couch. But anyway, but they had Pfizer, Moderna, um, Sputnik, and the Chinese version of this mm. before we got Pfizer. So to put in perspective. We're in Australia, which is, you know, like to put in perspective, our average salary of 77000 or whatever mm. it is puts us in the top 1% of wealth globally. Mm. Mm. Uzbekistan is not that. It mm. is a bit closer to China though. Uh, sure, but how on earth did, you, did, did they get Pfizer and Moderna well before, they, before we did? We didn't even know what Moderna was when they were injecting people with mm. Moderna. 
No, maybe it wasn't real. But <laughs> but my point is, is that like there is a question there. There is a question there. <laughs> there is. Is there an answer? Well, and this was the whole thing. Like, I'm not here to give you answers. <laughs> like, I don't know when this episode's going up or when the other one's going up. But yesterday, I interviewed Senator Andrew Bragg because he chaired up a committee about regulating cryptocurrency, and I'm just like. I'm reading the report and I'm like, what the hell? Like, I'm in money stuff all day, every day. And it's, you know, confusing to me, you know, learning all these DeFi and I'm playing around with coins that aren't on main exchanges and, you know, you're doing it through Phantom and all that stuff. How's the government Senate Select Committee actually making policy decisions if they're like, it's a steep learning curve. Like, very steep. Is this where we're talking about options again? Well, there's a question here from Jake Anderson. And G'day, Jake. If you are new to Sorry, the, Jake. If you are new to the podcast... We're these, all looking you up on Meta. That's right. These campfire chats, they're not set at a beginner level. Uh, Vince and I usually just chat about stuff. We have guests... In between marshmallows. In between marshmallows. And today, Vince and Ivan have got some acai... No, what is it? Acai. Acai beer. And uh, no marshmallows. And no marshmallows today. We ran out. But so we're just chatting and I put it up in Facebook group. You know, Ivan's coming on for a chat. Jake Anderson said, question for Ivan. Oh, and all that to say, if you're a beginner, that's okay. If you don't understand all this, uh, we're just not going to have the time to pause and give every detail uh, because we want to feed those who are really hungry for some more intermediate advanced stuff. What's your opinion on credit spreads for options trading? Deep question. And I've got no idea what that means. Is that options on credit spreads? So, um, okay. So, so, oh, so, so, yes, <laughs> it might be. What's your opinion on credit spreads for options trading? Okay, so, so typically a credit spread is when um, we are getting deep. It's all right. Let's just check on a deep voice. <laughs> um, so a credit spread is typically when you receive money, so it's a sold spread. Like that, that that's all it is, right? So um, what is my opinion on it? Um, it 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 depends on what the overall investment strategy is in terms of what you're looking to do. Um, there's nothing scary about credit spreads after you've traded options for a bit or you know what you're doing. Um, in fact, they're probably the, the preferable option to a debit spread um, in most cases. But like without going into options theory and borrowing the bejesus out mm-hmm. of your audience... Mm. I think I will stop there. Right. But I do have an options cookbook that they can go and get into. Do you have a view on options trading, Vince? Because you um, had to leave early last week. Yeah, you did. I, did. I, did I have feel to like this is, this is going to be good. I do have a business to run. Um, <laughs> I don't. Well, there's an old saying um, that 90% of people who play options lose 90% of their money in the first 90 days and that you make the money on the other 10. Um, that's probably a little... I feel like that's what they say about crypto and equities as well. No, I'm sure no one would say that about crypto. No. Um, it's certainly not a game for amateurs. Mm. Uh, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye. And um, you can win big and you can lose big. I used to have a bit of a, a, a dabble. A dab, a when, dabble. I, when I had a wife and, yeah. <laughs> you know. I used to dabble a bit. I had a really good... Uh, 
broker who'd phone me up in the morning and go, well, let's sell BHP by Rio. And he'd have a new idea every day. And yeah, 60% of them worked, which mm. was enough to make a decent living. Mm, interesting. I just don't have the time or brain power to deal with deltas and gammas and epsilons before breakfast. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think that's a big thing. Like, I have not traded options for a little while and the majority of that is if I did not have a day job, you know, I could be very active and very profitable and, and the, there's, a, there's a sort of like a long track history of, of, of me doing that. Um, but um, not to offend any, any, any uh, day traders or, or anybody else listening, but, but um, it, it requires a very serious focus. Um, and Good capital management. And timing, like you've got to be so in sync with the market, you know, you lose your, um, you lose your focus, and you you're out of sync with the market. You put in a credit spread, and then next thing you know, you know, you've 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 lost your wife. Um, so, like that stuff is is important, pivotal to be, um, you know, completely on top of your strategy. And um, yeah, I, I just so time is key on that. And, you know, I said in the Facebook group post, like, I want to, I don't do trading, I don't do options, um, but I think it's... But uh, you will. <laughs> but I will after this episode, let me tell you. Um, just kidding. Maybe not. No, but I just wanted to chat about it. Do you want to be a bazillionaire? I do, but... This, I promise it, you billions of dollars. Yeah, but this is the problem, right? I thought you'd fight already. You had enough. Well, but just go with me for a second. <laughs> The problem is I don't want to talk about, say, trading and options with you and then say, all right, everyone, now go and buy this. Yeah. (laughs) End of the episode. All right, everyone, now go buy this options package. Well, not without an affiliate link. That's right. So it's more about um, it's just a safe space to shoot the breeze Mm. about this stuff because we don't have a real agenda. Mm. Like we're not selling some trading package. So all that to say – my offer is that. My, for a limited time. Um, My girlfriend over here on Instagram. Yeah. What I would say is personality's got to come into it. Like, oh, yeah. I couldn't do it because my personality is, okay, well, I can put $1,000 on this spread here or whatever your language is, but what if I put 10000 in? Like, it becomes just left of gambling for me. Or are you a professional Go gambler? On. Yeah. Or, <laughs> but if you're a day trader, surely if you saw it as gambling, you wouldn't last. That's probably, I think that's true, that this is really about you know, managing your exposures, being focused, not taking your eye off the ball. Mm. It's not a game to play while you've got a day job. But if it, we should have got that guy in. <laughs> well, so, Ivan's so that guy used to trade a billion. Like my biggest exposure was twenty five to fifty mil a time. Mm. He actually traded a billion through 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 open markets every month. And we're not talking rupiah. Which, which, no, we're, we're talking Australian dollars. Yeah. So Ivan's got a mate here in the background, in lurking, the background lurking, lurking in the green room with him, who was a professional trader. And he's making all these weird signs. Yeah, he's just like, let's not talk about. It. Yeah, but, th- <laughs> but that's it. Like, there's, there's a backstory there. There's, there's no point me being like 
and we'll just say old mate to keep his identity. Yeah. There's no point in me being like old mate because you're a measured and controlled per- controlled person. He's a gambler. I'm. Oh, okay. Well, you're a gambler. <laughs> You were gambling with other people's money. Yeah. No, no, he was PA. It was fine. No, yeah, he, so he was, I, I just think if you want to make money. But that, but but you know how like last time we were, we were, we were talking about this mm. and that, you know, like that that, that guy over there that, that will not be named. <laughs> he who shall not is, be named. Is a, is a real person who made real money mm. day trading like full time. Would you be like, what would you say your income was as a trader? Can you give us a an, a number if we keep you anonymous? How many years did you make more than a million bucks a year? A few. A few. Yeah, so probably average. Come over, come over and just tell us. Just jump on Ivan's mic. So just for your editor, this yeah. is going to be like edited voice vi- wise, like so you know, so he'll sound like you know, like you Arnold Schwarzenegger and True Lies, and you know. <laughs> do you want the? Do you want a voice effect on? No, I don't think anybody. Knows. Okay. So just talk to us. Hi, old mate. Hi. <laughs> so, yeah, how many... Like, how There's many? anything I fear more than uh, day trading is uh, public speaking. Yeah. Well, lucky it's just <laughs> us here. But just to give people an idea, you know, you spend how many years trading? 15. Yeah. And how much money did you actually earn over those 15 years just trading, would you say? Net for myself. Yeah. Or, gro- well, or gross before tax. Oh well, um, I don't know. Was, I probably averaged between five and seven hundred grand a year net for myself. Yeah, but I don't know what that. Yeah, okay. Probably half of that would go to fees and. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then. So it was a legitimate job for you. Yeah, it was. So I, I started as an institutional dealer. That's where I learned to trade. So you, you need to get that skill set from somewhere. Yeah. And it's it's not a it's not an easy road. So, and what, but how do you stop becoming like me, wanting the dopamine and becoming like a gambler? <laughs> well, it's you've you well you, you need to have that in you just to begin with. You got to have a gambling sort of oh, a so tendency. You, so you have to have. So there's risk involved. Is that what you're saying? Big no, well, risk, risk reward, big reward. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, but you ha- you have to sort of go towards the light. You want to go towards that risk rather than run away from it. Mm. That's kind of. Mm. I started. I guess I started playing blackjack in the casino. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then I moved to doing something even more risky, which is trading CFDs at CMC. Wow. So we've got a live one in the boat. And (laughs) so you are, like when Vince and I say to commoners like us out there, like I'm a commoner, right, out on Main Street. Okay. When I talk to other people, I'm like, you dick around with trading and options and all that probably less than 1% of the population will actually make really good money and make a living out of it. And you're one of those. Um, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, but that's what I mean. Like, is it a fair statement to say, don't mess around with it because on balance you'll do your ass? Correct. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, a full-time, it's a full-time job. And it, takes, it, took, it took me two years to start making any money. And was it more on the currency trading or equities? Equities. Yeah. So you've you've got a. I basically spent two years just trading one stock. Really. Before I made a, you know, before my account moved. Wow. Wow. With a lot of. Because credit as a lifeline. Like I want to make lots of money really easily, like the next person, right? You need a podcast, (laughs) but it's just like 
And like, a, what's your risk profile? Like, it's got to be th- stratospheric or whatever. Yeah, it's it's high. My my toler my <laughs> my tolerance for pain is you need you need a high pain threshold. Yeah, and uh, you've got to be able to bounce. You've got to and you've got to have a good rebound rate. So you you know you've got to be able to lose big money one day and then come back and refocus and start again the and, next day. And would you say you've retired from trading? Um, no, no. I would call it a hiatus. Right. Um, <laughs> and wh- how do you make a living now? Um, I work for OMG. Right. <laughs> Ivan is now my boss. Right. So, okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, but you're basically balling. You got heaps of money. So, what you do now, it's more for the pursuit of I yeah. like to do this stuff. Well, I guess we. You know, on the side, I, I knew that the heyday was going to end, that I was going to get too old and too slow to day trade. So I, I sort of diversified into um, building algos as a as a side hustle, which turned into a, you know, now is a full-time hustle. Wow. Wow. Um, and so that's kind of how we work together now because Ivan just acquired us and... He's my boss, but I love it. And just before we let you go back over to the shadows, I just like interviewing people that have done quite well. Yeah, you know, sure, you generate maybe six, seven hundred k yourself. You might pay a bit of tax, a bit of fees. You know, if you walked away with four hundred grand a year or something like that, hmm. what are you like managing your own money? Did you spend it all? Or did you buy some houses to live in? Like, um, did you just reinvest it and? Yeah, I guess as day traders like cash yeah. because you never know when you're going to need. An opportunity. <laughs> well, opportunity is one way to look at it. Yeah. We're, we're generally quite pessimistic. Right. So we, you know, we like to hoard cash because we never know when we're going to have to pay for a big loss. So we, we, you generally want to be quite liquid. Mm. So most of my money has always been in cash. And I'll, I'll tell you a story, something as a day trader out in the world that we live in, there's a thing called um, a capital gains tax discount. So you wouldn't know about this, but if you hold I'm not asset, entitled to these that's things. That's right. That's right. Um, what's what's a year? Yeah, that's right. So what's a day? Yeah, what's a day? Um, have you ever had people in your world, and you don't have to talk about yourself, that got too far under and had mental health mental health issues because it got to them, and the pressure was too much, and there's too much on the line. <clears throat> Um, <clears throat> look, the most, we, we have, a lot of people have come and gone in the industry and have failed really successful people who, you know, have, have spent years in, in the sort of funds management and, you know, institutional dealer space who've, who've kind of moved over to trading thinking that they can make it and it's a completely different game and I think that, that really hurts for people thinking that, knowing that they can't transition when they know the industry so well, mm. Mm. Um, so they're the they're the people that that fail, and the other people that kind of fail and and are the ones who have not made the money themselves to start with. So if you've come in and you've got a handout, you know, and or you've you've made it some, made money somewhere else, not day trading, then you're going to lose it and you're going to be pretty disappointed because you haven't earned it the hard way. You've got to earn it. Yeah. <clears throat> day trading, it's kind of like, you know, the degree in day trading is 
you know, half so, a million bucks in three years kind of. Yeah, okay. So if there was a young uh, person, you know, young girl or guy out there and they might be in their nine to five at the moment and they're 24 years old and they find this fascinating, this world, like how would they get onto a desk somewhere? Like what's the career? <laughs> well, it's, I, I don't think you can really do that anymore, those sorts of, you know, the, the old school days of... They have a grad program. <clears throat> do you? There you go. Uh, for, for trading? Almost. <laughs> oh, we used to have a grad program at Macquarie. Yeah, so it, it used to be something. That's how You'd I got go into, into it. institutional land, you yeah, imagine. So, well, that's, I kind of went in. I went in as a, as a retail broker, mm. and, and that's kind of so my boss at the time used to take grads in or take people in who he thought mm. could make it and, and train them up. So do you, and we're going to get some dinner and some more beer after this chat. Are you going to, you guys going to join us? Yeah. 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 Um, it's the reason he's here. Yeah. <laughs> Would you have any hot tips that you can give me off the record that's not insider trading? Stocks? Yeah. I don't know anything about... That's a good cannabis stock, I <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, the best tip getting... is don't. Okay. There we go. I don't, I guess I don't, I don't care about... Any, I don't. The least, the the only tip I can give you is if you want to day trade, the less you know about a stock, the better. Oh, because it's yeah. So it's not about the emotional story with the company. It's like it's I'm opposite. here to make money. Yeah, yeah. It's learning. You know, it's just reading the tape and trading off that, and not worrying about. I'm, you know, I made I made this mistake with small oil stocks. Mm. Coming from Mobile Oil, I thought I knew something about oil, and I did. But that was the worst possible thing I could have trading oil penny stocks, because it's got nothing to do with the quality of the reserve. It's all in the stock exchange announcements. Don't fall in love. Yeah. Right. Don't love your shares because they won't love you back. No, that's, that's right. Yeah. And they won't respect you in the morning. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing a bit of your story. Um, what's the most fun thing you've done with money that you've earned yourself? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm into – I'm a bogan, so I like cars and boats. Do you like, feel your bath with it? No, I don't – you don't have a bath. I do. <laughs> I don't have much money compared to these guys. Um, compared yes. to you three. PG rated? PG, yeah. Oh, PG rated. Yeah. Oh, I've done any wild we, stories. Maybe we do this in a few hours. Yeah, we'll have and it. the kids have gone to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I'm, I'm sort of more of an anti-capitalist. So I don't, you know, Try I don't like to. Mike a bit closer. Oh, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't get my thrills out of going out and spending money on mm. stuff. So it's yeah. it's not that's not really who I am. Do you like own a house? Yeah, yeah, I own a house, but yeah. it's you know, I like to keep it quite modest. Yeah, interesting. Just, uh, you know, what's fun it. for you? Hobbies, interests? Um, OMG, <laughs> <laughs> trading. trading. <laughs> <laughs> all all I do is is sit and watch my uh, my my cryptos and wait for them to break out. Do you know different anything? levels? Do you have any thoughts on crypto? Thoughts? Yeah. No, I don't have any thoughts. It's going up, but yeah. that's, I don't know if that's a thought. My it's thought more is of a comment. At the moment, a monkey could walk across a keyboard and make money. <laughs> yeah, well, not. I think it's that that part's over. But yeah. I think as of next, three days ago, <laughs> I think the next chapter with inflation, it's going to be more complicated. Mm. You've got to, you've, you're going to have to pick your battles now. Well, what we'll do next time we're doing one of these, we'll bring a fourth microphone <laughs> now that we've met and, well, you might not want to talk to us ever again, putting you on the spot. Depends on how much you yeah. put on the bar later. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, we'll 
we'll say thanks, old mate, for having a chat. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thanks, old mate. <laughs> so there you go. Have a marshmallow. Have a marshmallow. So, Ivan, your friend. Um, Quarry. <laughs> yeah. So, you've bought Old Mate's business. Yep. Right. And he's comes with a package. Very big bag- baggage, yeah. Sorry. Package. 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 Comes, yes. Sorry. Um, so, what, you know, I want to go back to some of these questions that people have asked in the Facebook group. Mm-mm-mm. My computer keyboard making a lot of noise. It's weird. Yeah. Ever, ever since you opened up that amazing Open Trader chart, mm. it just all slowed down. I wonder why. Just the data in there. <laughs> just so much data. Here we go. Actually, you know what's happened? My right and left things have reversed on my keyboard. I must have bumped something. That's because you got it upside down. Mm. <laughs> Um, so Shalish says this, if that's your, how I pronounce your name, the broker race to the bottom in terms of, you know, brokerage, brokerage is just a tiny fraction of your trading costs, but so many millennials factor it into their broker choice. Open trader currently offer $5 while stake will be competing, you know, with $3 next year. Do you see the bigger broker's uh, forced to compete on price. Could you see, um, I don't know how, is it Chi-X? Or Chi-X, Chi-X, yeah. Yeah, Chi-X disrupting ASX enough to become competitive. So general thoughts on the broking world and the brokerage world. So from the open trader side, um, we've, we're actually contemplating increasing our rate. So, um, and and point of that is we've done some analysis and basically the the people that trade through us don't care, right? So this whole, the actual $5 entry point actually hurts our business more than, more than it helps. The winner in, in the next 12 or 24 months or whatever is going to be, I think, the platform and, and hopefully it's someone that, that we're, uh, we're working with, um, is someone who's going to win the content race. Mm. And that is someone who's going to really help on execution, on winning in terms of content, on having the best research, the best news, and et cetera. And our whole goal at, at Open Markets is to go on and, and enable that person or that company to go on and do that. So I think that um, uh, whoever ends up being the, the best company, you know, great. But I think that we're seeing more and more research or more and more feedback from surveys that people just don't care about brokerage as much as we thought, right? So um, I think that um, for people who want the cheapest execution, they don't, always get, they, they don't always get the best execution. And I think to the point of Chi-X versus ASX, um, like, you know, if, if Chi-X was going to do more, great. If not, fine. You know, like it's just basically the Chi-X component is it's another – venue with a bit more liquidity more than anything else than you know as opposed to probably being the the driver of the 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 kind of the cost down um and so in US we're seeing kind of that similar thing play out where everyone went to zero best platforms win they're raising their their fees 
So I'm just on the ChaiX website. ChaiX Australia is the securities and derivatives exchange transforming the Australian investment market through a focus on customers and innovation. Yeah, so so like Chi- yeah, hang what, on. what what yeah. has is basically they've got some warrants that ASX doesn't have, uh, but other than that, they, they'll provide liquidity. They're like the bats exchange in US. At what point, like you know, ASX have got a pretty close shop here in Australia. Like, at what point are we having another mainstream exchange rock up? So the exchange part doesn't matter. So so essentially, ASX is the central clearing party. So which means that at the end of the day, they they basically have the custody. Right on on a individual hin. Yep, um, but, and and it's a bit different to to how it operates globally. Mm. Um, but um, in terms of you know w- when you go in and trade through any platform, so you know where you you trade through Open Trader or Self Wealth or Perler or whatever, um, that order will go into a best market router um, at Open Markets, and 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 that will actually route to wherever the best offer or the bid is based on whether you're buying or selling. And you'll get the best possible fill across those two exchanges. Mm. Um, but until the central clearing party monopoly is lifted, um, it's not going to matter. I read somewhere, and I'll get your thoughts on all this mm-hmm. in a moment, Vince. I read somewhere the other day, I forget where it was, maybe AFR, that chess will be a thing of the past soon and like blockchain type technology might step in. Um, to verify ownership, like it's you'd think the way that everything's going with blockchain, will the exchange become decentralized for securities? So, I have a lot of opinions on this, well, we're here but for I will it. leave <laughs> all of those opinions to dinner. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I would say, are they too premature for the for the broader people at the moment? We have a, a very good, long-standing relationship with the ASX. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I'll, I'll just say, everyone. Um, Ivan, I don't. Can I drop in here? Yeah, but I'll just like Ivan's the CEO of OMG, and are we let and, and we, we pay a lot of money to ASX yeah. and vice versa. So he doesn't want to um, do anything. And can we talk about the listing? Are we allowed to talk about that publicly? Sure. And he's about to list, so we can't. We, we, we I'm listing to the left here. Yeah. Uh, and I've got a interest in that because I've bought some uh, convertible notes from you guys. We can talk about that over dinner, or <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can talk. <laughs> did Kieran? Did someone oh, tell you that I bought some? I saw some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's thank right. You, thank you for the investment. Yeah, yes. that's right. Vince. Yeah, I just think it's it's important not to get too carried away with the use of blockchain in the context of the ASX. The ASX redevelopment of chess, or whatever it's called, going to be called. Is it still going to be called chess? I uh, do not work at it, that, uh, anyway, the exchange. It's so. being, it's being <laughs> Just... rewritten to use blockchain technology, but it's a it's not a open blockchain. It's a permissioned blockchain. So a closed block. It is a closed block. Yeah. Um, and so the ASX will own all of the nodes on the blockchain. So. But it would just be for a speed thing rather than yeah, anything else, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's really just about reconciliations. It's about processing. It's about scalability. It's nothing that the the only thing it shares with crypto is use of blockchain technology, small b blockchain. Mm. So I wouldn't get too carried away with it. But it is a good thing that this technology is being deployed in other areas. Yeah, but I, you know, one of the big things that you've got to look at when you talk about crypto mm-hmm. is 
we can all sit here and go, we all believe that a blockchain or blockchain technology will be a fundamental part of the financial infrastructure in the future. Mm. And I think that's probably a almost a no-brainer position for almost anyone to take. Taking that assumption, you go, well, now, how do I bet on that assumption? What am I going to invest in that I will benefit from if this position turns out to be true? And buying Bitcoin doesn't do that. Boomercoin. Or Boomercoin <laughs> or digital beanie babies, whatever you call them. Yeah, go back to 1997. Mm. You would have, well, yeah, well I, I don't know what you were doing in 1997, but you probably would have accepted that the, in inter- <laughs> that the internet was the way in of 10? the future. <laughs> well, you know, in 97, the search engine Alta Vista, not around anymore. Like, first to market doesn't mean... I think altavista.com still takes you to the search engine. All right, let me have a look. But, but gonna... we made a lot of money when I was at Macquarie floating a company called LookSmart, which yeah. was the search engine the of shares. the future. Um, oh. And um, Oh, here we go, here we go. They, they also made a lot of money on uh, uh, Nuix. Oh, that's way after my time. <laughs> uh, AltaVista was a web-based search engine established in 95, I remember. Uh, it became one of the most used early search engines that lost ground due to Google and was purchased by Yahoo in 2003. But um, the point of all these, not that 1995 is a long time ago, but that having... 25 be- years. Oh, thank you for that. Um, the fact that you know or believe or are convinced that this is the way of the future, the next question is how do you invest to benefit from that? And there's no doubt that you can make a lot of money trading coins. Well, you'd go narrow and wide. I like know. The Melbourne Cup, well, I'm just going to put 10 bucks on everything and see what happens. <laughs> I think that's you'd a lose. recipe to lose money. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like going to Vegas and, yeah. and putting money on everything. Mm. You lose because there's three zeros. <sighs> yeah. But uh, so I've got um, uh, to just to to kind of indirectly answer your question uh, to your point mm-hmm. is that I've got a competitor that talks a lot about technology, right? And that particular competitor, um, I think the the guy that runs it is probably about one hundred and twenty, um, and I don't think he's ever touched code. I think that just because someone says that they're doing something doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing it. And I think in 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 the most politest way possible, I don't think that the ASX has figured out exactly what the blockchain project looks like and how blockchain plays a part in that project, um, like the ledger, for example. Yeah. So, anyway. But it's certainly not a decentralised ledger as we would understand it's it. A, I think it's called internalised. Yeah. But well, it's like I can, um, if I pay Google enough, I can use their technology internally in my organisation. Mm. I think I've just lost my licence. Drink up. But none of that is particularly bad or good intrinsically. Mm. It's what are you going to do with that information? Mm. So, uh, yeah. Do you know anything about, um, there's a question here, Vince, from Maz. Maz. Cap, Caparali, sorry, Maz. Given bond rates have been so low, is there still a place for them in a balanced portfolio? Yes. Or are they about to go up and prove their worth? Well, going up, as in interest rates going up, means bond prices go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just talk about that yield. conceptually, yield. Yeah. yeah. So bonds sort of move the opposite direction to shares. So when, in shares, when... 
Hang on. Most of the time. Most of the time. Um, and sorry, that was a very simplistic way of going that when people talk about the bond market going up, it's because interest rates have gone down because the price of a bond moves in the opposite direction the of the yield. Best time to buy a long-term bond was when you had your first mortgage when interest rates were, what, 17%? Yeah. Well, I was just, you know, you may talk about interest rates being low now. Mm. What's the... Um, Government bond rate is about 0.7. What's inflation? Two? I don't know. I mean, based on how much I'm paying developers these days versus six months ago and how much meat's costing and how much the real basket of goods is costing, I don't know if the inflation rate is believable. Yeah, I'm not sure we use the Ivan basket to measure the economy. Yeah, you know, five five marble score (laughs) wagyu beef has gone up a lot. But whatever it is... Black caviar's down there. When I bought my first house... Interest rates might have been 13, but inflation was 17. Mm. And my paycheck doubled in five years, Mm. four years. Today, interest rates might be sub one. I think the 10-year government bond's about 0.7 there. But what's inflation? Two, three maybe? So why would we want to have um, bonds in a balanced portfolio? Like why wouldn't you just have cash? One word, balance. Ah, because cash is not a bond substitute because cash can only go down in value because it's getting whittled away by inflation. Bonds can change their price based on what's happening in yields. So they behave entirely differently. Bonds and cash are not substitutes. So we all agree that there is data to say that a balanced portfolio needs a defensive portion. Yep. It's just what do you do with the defensive and portion? How mu- and how, how much defensive? Sorry? Philip Morris. Very defensive going down. Very defensive. Mm. Actually, it's actually been an absolute winner over the last decade. It's, but, but that's an ethical yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> but having said that, data yeah. you know, shows that when a recession is looming or has started, mm. smoking and drinking goes up. Really? Yeah. So alcohol, um, telecoms and um, tobacco, Tim. Tend Co- to be cosmetics. Tend to be yeah, and cosmetics tend to be good ones. I want to also get a bit of a rant happening or a, a position on gold. I'm a huge fan of gold. <laughs> oh god, old mate, <laughs> millionaire in the corner. What are you he's flapping around? Go long. Go long. <laughs> so um, he's, you know, he was very humble about his house, um, but you know, it's I, made I, of gold. I got. I was going to say, like you know, so basically being old mate being uh, being also an ex ruski. Um, what when when the revolution happened in 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 Russia, um, what Lenin promised to the to the to the masses was, everyone is going to have a golden toilet. Anyway, it didn't happen. It's a shit idea. I mean, you know, excuse the pun, but <laughs> it, you know, I feel like it'd be cold and and anyway, whatever. Point is, is that um, uh, my fellow ruski friend over here um, is is very long gold, but that doesn't mean that that's the right trade. For most people. So should I have gold in my portfolio and is it defensive or a growth asset? So you, you, I think you'll find you have some gold in your portfolio. Well, we won't get into <laughs> my own affairs, Vince. Uh, you, you used to be a financial planner. I mean, I did. You, you, He's you a retired financial planner. Retired financial planner. I, I'm you, just you a know punter. the answer to this. I'm right? just a punter. Okay. Well, I mean... I'm I'm just, not, I just like leading the witness. I, I know that old mate's uh, uh, pitch was very, uh, very uh, riveting and... and you know, you're, you're not going to change everything in, in life. But having said that, um, 
you'll know that that gold can make up a very good portion of a balanced portfolio, right? Like, or it might not. Mm. Well, let me give you a quote from Ray Dalio. Probably better than cash. If you want to know who Ray Dalio is. Mm. I heard yeah, once okay. twice. Oh, okay, you give the quote, then I'm going to counter your thing. So Ray Dalio, one of the world's greatest investors of all time. Mm. Recently. Of recent times. No, isn't like recently he said this, I'm guessing, yeah? Uh, I think it might have been a decade ago. Oh, okay. He said, if you don't own gold, there is no sensible reason other than you don't know history or you don't know economics. Or you don't have it yet. <laughs> yeah. um, and the reason that we use it as a defensive play in our portfolios is, firstly, it's actually outperformed equities over 20 years. And it's... Unless you own NASDAQ. No, no. US equities over 20 years. What, as an aggregate... Absolute return, mm. 20 years to March 31, 2021, gold in US dollars outperformed US stocks. But I think, okay, but compare that to... The, At a lower volatility. Com- compare that to tech sector, I think you'll, you'll find that that's not true. It is true. In absolute terms, including dividends. It is true. It may not have been true over the last decade. But remember, we had a whole lost decade in equities yeah. between 2000 and 2008. But like, so, so in 2000, um, yeah. 2005, mm-hmm. sorry, um, out of the top five stocks of the S&P 500, um, Microsoft and Cisco were there, mm-hmm. uh, Oracle Cisco, and yeah. a few others. Cisco not so well, but Microsoft is back in the Absolutely. top five. And yeah. I think there's another stock, I forget what it is, makes the top five now. Yeah. Um, Google and sorry, Alphabet and um, a few others sort of came into it now, yeah, but but that's after the fact. Yeah. So, so for the last but, ten years, yeah, it would not have outperformed absolutely. But your point about tech stocks, tw- tw- is twenty that, years being a bit different, yeah. Um, the vast bulk of the return, particularly since the March low of last year, has come from those five stocks. Mm. Um, over thirty years, it's comparable to bonds, with much lower volatility. It's a hedge against Aussie dollars. So if you're investing overseas, gold makes sense. It's a diversifier and it lowers portfolio to volatility. So we're going to take a quick break and I'm going to come back and ask Vince a question about gold. Another question. Mm-hmm. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, we're back. Vince. If gold's so good, why shouldn't I have just 100% allocation to it? Because rule number one in investing is that if some is good, more isn't always better. And so we believe that some is good. How much? Zero to 20. Um, 20 would be getting pretty thirsty, it wouldn't would, it? Yeah. We were sitting at about 10 on most of our portfolios mm. today. And my follow-up question- I think Chris Brickey would have a, a higher proportion. My from Stockspot. Do you guys do anything with Stockspot? Yeah, they're they're, they're a good client. Are they a client of yours? Yep, yeah, yeah. Cool. This, it's a very deep entrenched relationship. Uh, mm. In fact, um, one of uh, I keep saying I've got to get him on the show. I will now that lockdown's over. Yeah, totally. Actually, yeah. Um, no, actually, that that'll be a fun show. Um, do having, you want to come? I'd love to. Um, no, Chris, 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 and I. Uh, yeah, Chris loves gold, but yes. Um, we we had we had dinner that's a long ago. Now he's he's awesome. Um, and I think that um, yeah no, but that, actually that'll that'll be an exciting show. Okay. Now now right. now that this is recorded and not going to get edited as I found out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sorry, like, <laughs> Mr. Bricky, you're on the show. Um, I just I like to get money out of people <laughs> when I do an episode. Not, <laughs> and I have disclosed that there hasn't been a hard. So you're saying I'm, I'm paying for dinner? Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I did disclose in the Facebook group that. Uh, because the tour didn't go ahead. Well, the tour was paused. So I spoke to our dear tour partners uh, at OMG and say, look, I think we should just bring this to an end. Um, so we did a couple Thanks of Thanks for things. murdering it. <laughs> yeah, COVID, am I right? Um, so I said, why don't we have Ivan back on the show and give OMG a shout out? <laughs> but the thing was, if I didn't, like, if I thought you were a dickhead, I wouldn't Thanks, have mate. had you here. I would have said, well, let's just do a webinar and have you guys sponsor it or something else. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is that basically I have um, convinced you that I'm not a dickhead. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and I, you'd be welcome back here anytime Maybe. without money. <laughs> I just like to make money off things sometimes. <laughs> but all that to say, if gold is so good, if Bitcoin is the new digital gold, would you ever replace gold in a portfolio with Bitcoin because it has the same properties. Well, I'm not entirely sure that it does have the same properties. If it delivers on its ultimate promise, it won't display the same. Because the, if you if you believe that Bitcoin, and I'm not I don't share this view, but mm. if you believe that Bitcoin is the currency of the future, then by definition it can't fulfill the same. I, I honestly like my view is I don't think Bitcoin is the currency of the future. Because it's if it's like the digital gold, it's just going to be some weird store of wealth. Yeah. So just I, uh, I'm going to take a completely opposite but, view to everyone in yeah, the room yeah, but, and, and completely the polarizing view to old mate here who who is like his past trade is long everything, um, which actually probably this is why he's he's more successful trading than I am. But I hold I hold neither. Gold or Bitcoin, I actually feel like they do have similar properties mm. in the sense that 
they've both built on dreams and people's admiration for stuff. And so limited supply, quote-unquote. And, and yeah, but like, like tulips had limited supply in Netherlands in the 14th, 14th century? 16th, 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 
well, I think the jury's still out on that one. Really? Well, I mean, there's been a lot of so-called hacks or losses. But that's, yeah. So what's better? Um, Ethereum probably ticks more of those boxes. Particularly when the docking happens and they speed it up and they don't charge um, you all the gas fees. So... Freaking paying $80 US for some gas for to buy 100 mm-hmm. grand of some coin. Yeah. So, $100 of some coin. So, to my mind, the, the <laughs> killer... I remember there was this kill- letter that I got, which was like, if you deposit $1,000 into my Spanish bank account, I'll mm. give you a million from some rich prince. Yeah. Mm. So, the killer app, to my mind, doesn't exist yet mm. unless you're in the unbanked part of the world. So, if you're in the large parts of the world where you have capital controls where we have... El Salvador. El Salvador, um, potentially parts of China. You go, well, where I've got capital controls or I've got an uncertain local currency, I need an alternative. Mm. That alternative used to be US dollars or 500 euro euro notes. Today, crypto solves a lot of that problem and you're prepared to tolerate a lot of the inadequacies of it in order to get that benefit like that doesn't apply to you on the central coast mm. until we get capital controls over the but actually, I, guess, I think you should on the central coast <laughs> buy spears and bitcoin <laughs> well so for me back to why i've got no real logic other than i'm in a good position to have leftover money in my life all right so i wanted a seat at the table i want to know how the world works yeah. i wanted all our listeners like oh we buy crypto and all that I just want to know I've got a small allocation to Bitcoin, yeah, and I think everyone Solana, should, everyone should have a- Like I've got a very small portfolio and I just want to, I don't know, do I think, and this is the, okay, so this is my problem with at the moment. Like, do you, you know Fred Shabesta? Mm-hmm. Have you met Fred? I have not met him. I, okay. I, I've heard of him once yeah. or twice. Yeah. The king of crypto. Yeah. So he- he bought a Makuji house apparently. I know, it'd be neighbours with old mate, wouldn't he? Isn't Roselle. Oh, are you? Um, <laughs> if you want to hunt him down. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, Roselle. But I've, 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 he video called and, and his house seems bigger so, than, than Fred's. So, so Fred said at Finder, and I've got to have Fred back on when he gets back from the States, he said, oh, we're giving our employees the chance to be paid in Bitcoin. And but I, he's not there anymore, right? What, Finder? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still there? Yeah. Okay. He's a, they're putting an effort into the US office, I believe, New York. Right. So he's in New York at the moment. But, but for me, as an employee, that'd be the worst way in the world to receive yeah. money because one day, one week, I might be paid 30% less this week than last week. So why wouldn't you take the cash and choose when to buy Bitcoin? Like keep, That's right. Keep your optionality so open. I, I just think... You know, and I heard there was a another thing I heard on the radio today that some other company were allowing people to buy things with crypto. I think it's a marketing edge because there's no like number one, the exchange fees to the trading fees to go and buy a product. Number two, currency with that much fluctuation, no thanks. Mm. Like we're a long way off. And we are. the Andrew Bragg thing, he was talking about with the government wanting to uh, do a heap of stuff. And we talked about, you know, using – because my whole thing to him was, you know, I don't carry a a wallet, so I've got my iPhone. And when I pay for, you know, your beer tonight, I'm going to – We'll see. Yeah. (laughs) And I'll – I don't think they take Bitcoin at the Union Hotel. No, but 
I guess what I'm saying is, to me, I really don't care if I use my Apple phone and it's paying Australian dollars or some digital currency that the Australian government has created. I don't have paper money. Like I'm not, I'm not, you know, a brickie that lives in a hey brickies in a cash. Well, <laughs> actually, I had a client once who was a brickie. I'm like, oh, so do you have Chris, any Chris brickie? No, I said, do you have any cash? And when we say cash in the money world, we're thinking like, you know, you might have five thousand dollars in a bank account. Yeah, I think how much darling have we got? Yeah, it's about seventy grand at home in cash. Um, like to me, that doesn't mean anything. So, I think the government, you know, what? on behalf of the government, Andrew Bragg was saying, you know, and this is a long way off because they've just launched this report and it could change and all this. But if the Australian government adopted the whole um, technology around the blockchain and a digital currency, he basically said we could create our own currency. Hmm. And I'm like, yeah, sweet. But as long as it's not swinging 20% every Thursday and then... But, but from a but, practical but perspective... But they do have their own currency. We do. It's called the Australian dollar. That's right. And, pract- and practically, there is zero difference between putting your iPhone against a, a reader thingy yeah. that deducts one and that, dollar that, out that of your bank point. account. I don't care if it's from some central blockchain. Aussie kangaroo cryptocurrency or Australian dollar, I don't care. I don't see anything physical. Yeah, yeah but now if you were a 60-year-old retiree, you would. You exactly. would care because tomorrow you might not be able to afford food, right? Yes, but if and it was... And by the way, I don't, you could sell your I'm iPhone. Not, I'm not saying not in, if you were in Aussie dollars, yeah. that would be the case, right? Like Because if in, in our new world of monetary policy and printing money right left and centre then, you know, maybe crypto is the right thing to hold your money well, on or maybe it's not. We've got family friends in Argentina and he's trying to save up to immigrate to Australia and he's currently saving in Bitcoin. Hmm. And Well, if the alternative is Argentine and currency, that makes perfect right. sense. He's like, uh, my phone bill went up uh, from $80 a month to $200 a month within a, like yeah. a month. But that makes like, sense because... The government might appropriate it. Exactly. It might not be convertible anymore. Whereas if you're sitting with Aussie dollars or sterling or euros or mm. US dollars, mm. what's the benefit you're getting if you're treating this as a store of value? If you're treating this as a trading tool, great. Mm. Um, but and, I mean, everyone I, should do it. I'm doing this webinar on crypto, just like basics. Cryptosporidium. Like, yeah. So I want to do this webinar just to explain, like, just to explain people, this is what an exchange is. This is what a wallet is. This is what the blockchain, this is how it works. You know, here's just some basic data without, again, without doing this, well, I might try and get a sponsor. <laughs> I, uh, hey, I asked. Might not be me, but no. I, I, do, I have someone well, who might be uh, useful for you. Well, so what's the killer app? What What is the thing? No, but I guess what I'm saying, I want to do it just to show people without some dogma and show all these altcoins and like I just want people to understand the world to make their own decision. And I've been pretty quiet on the whole crypto thing, but it's so bloody. You know, there's the top 100 business podcasts now, I think there's over 10 that are now crypto. That's why I actually sold a heat last week and got the <laughs> hell out because, you know, it's just wild. Mm. So, so if you, you know, we could talk about the net earlier. Mm. Late 90s, the killer app hadn't been invented. Ultimately, it was video on demand. That was the killer app 
that made us all need broadband connections at home. Mm. Where's the killer app for crypto? And are any of the existing coins designed to support that? I don't think we're there yet. Does that mean you shouldn't have some? Of course not. Does that mean you can't make money trading it? Of course not. Does that mean you should ignore it? Of course not. And that's why- But I I still wouldn't be going all in with my self-made super fund. And that's why I'm kind of- But I've got a leveraged product for you. (laughs) I'm telling people like- If you do want to have some exposure to this whole new world, maybe limit it to 2% of your net worth. Two? That's a magic number, isn't it? Yeah, well, you've got to have some type of guide, don't you? (laughs) Is that uh, the uh, allocation to OMG? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. No, I've I'd, got, I'd I've got ra- a bit more money than that, don't I? <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd ramp up significantly more than that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not wedded to any particular coin. I'm not dogmatic to any. I just think it's not going anywhere. You know, you know, CPA. Like when they say, "Oh, we want to trade. Um, we're going to allow crypto." It hasn't been clear to me, like, because one article said it was going to be the CBA bank and another article said it was just the ComSec app. Do you guys know if CBA are... ComSec. Yeah, so it's not the actual CBA app. I, I, I well, can't with, you connect I bank your with Westpac to your award-winning CBA app? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I don't know. I don't bank with CBA. Neither do I. Um, so uh, I let's, let's get someone who knows CBA. <laughs> Do you know CBA? Hey, you know Matt. Let's get Matt in. They are 26% of the average market. Do you know Matt? No. Uh, I want to get him on. Just met him a few times. <laughs> I don't know. Like, and that's what I mean. Like, Send him on the bus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't... Um, on a camel. I you know, don't listen to a podcast for your financial advice, <laughs> number one. Like, Do you listen to yours? Sometimes I'll proof check part of the episode. I get like, all my financial advice from my millennial. Oh, no, I won't listen to this long one again. <laughs> Hell no, this is just, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It's There's a very deep philosophical debate about restoring currency, right? Mm. Like, and, and do you do it in US? And coming from Russia, although I spent mm. only a short period of my early childhood there. But like, you know, everything, as you said, was in US dollars, right? Like if you want to pay someone, but, you know, before the revolution, people spoke French unless they were speaking to peasants. So, you know, like, so like, I think that there is a, there's a broader philosophical question around where is a store of value and currency, which, you know, kind of like a hint component in the last conversation, you know, people just didn't talk about, right? So, like, whether now everyone goes and says, hey, you know what, if I go and hold everything I have in in Bitcoin or or, or Dogecoin, as I like to say, you know, like it's Doge, Doge. not Dodgy. I, I think in light of everything, <laughs> I think I think they want it to be Dodgy. Serious. But, but, you know, but, but like, do, do you store it in that or or? In Aussie dollars or US dollars, but, well, I think if you, but I think if you're trying to treat it as a store of value, it's got to be stable. Yeah, and it's got to be pegged to something. Otherwise, you know, what's a Bitcoin worth? Well, compared to what? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it gets so philosophical. It's like I own 0.5 of, of a Bitcoin, for example. Like, I lost a hundred Bitcoin on a hard drive. <laughs> How many beers is that? Did you? <laughs> Maybe we should store everything in. VB stubbies. Ooh. Put it this way. Like in my research to- um, Melbourne Bitter. 
in in my <laughs> research just to really go into the dark corners of Reddit and the internet, just to really look. I I don't think Reddit constitutes research. Well, I, it is because I, you see the dogma side of it. You I, see, I the, think a lot of the listeners will con- will disagree with me. <laughs> <Just> um, <laughs> anyway, put it this way: I <laughs> I threw a hundred US dollars into this coin. It just had started, like two weeks ago. They started this coin, and I just did it for you know to work out how to use like the wallets, mm-hmm. not on exchange and all that stuff, pancake swap and all that stuff, and. Um, I put like $150 in or $100 US or something and the gas fees because it uses the Ethereum mm-hmm. network was like 80 or $100. So I'm like, gosh, give me a break. But anyway, put it this way. I've got two and a half trillion of these coins. <laughs> if my mate Elon like Zimbab- tweets it, Zimbabwean dollars. If my mate Elon picks up on this <laughs> coin and tweets it, yeah, move over. I'm going to live next to you. <laughs> so what if I... Tweet this. Is that going to help? Or? I don't know. I don't but, know. But I need that's to what register I mean. like, for Twitter first, though. Yeah, what's yeah, a tweet? But, but the whole thing is, Limited this is characters. the... Hey, they spent three and a half billion doubling their character count. So, you know, I think, mm. I think you know, it's a good but company. The, but this is the whole thing with the crypto debate. There's two sides of it. There's the conversation we just had, which is like, okay, what's it for? What's it going to do for the future and all that? And then the other side is we're just punting and hoping that, you know, I've put $100 in this thing. There's two trillion tokens. But if it gets but there's, piped, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, if that's yeah, is that any different to putting money on horse three and race five at No, Rand but that's where? what I mean. It's, it's gambling. No, nothing wrong with it. Mm. Um, Except you usually put like ten bucks. Yeah, yeah, or a hundred bucks if you're Glenn. And um, and you're and you're a person who put two hundred thousand dollars on a on a quintet. Wow, she won. Mm. He also continued trading. <laughs> so, like for me, and this is why my personality is, I just had to leave the rabbit hole because like my dopamine's kicking in and I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy these coins. I saw one coin, went to the website. I'm like, yeah, cool. They're about to like do this coin ICO even. And I, I transferred. What did I do? I transferred some Ethereum. <laughs> And this is like some Estonian's garage, right? Yeah. Like this is two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, like this is this is not healthy, and this is why I'm like I got to get away from this crap. Like it's getting to the point where it's ridiculous. So put like some Ethereum in, like fifty dollars or whatever, and they're like we'll automatically send it back, like the um, we'll airdrop the coin or mm-hmm. something like this. I don't know. And I'm like, and I I saw it all on the blockchain, like public, like the ledger mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Sent my money. Haven't got anything back. <laughs> Guess what? Website doesn't exist anymore. Mind blowing. Mind blowing, right? Like, and this Mind is blowing. the thing. <laughs> There's that much crap on the side of all these. Coins I was born that- in Russia in the nineties. <laughs> well, I was born in eighties, but you know, like all I, I can say is, like Jesus, I, that's nothing. I I lost money, and this is why you can't dick around with this stuff because most of the time. It's not going to go anywhere. But on occasion it will. That's right. But do you want your life savings on the line? No. But it could be life-changing for some people. <laughs> yeah, you put 10 bucks here, 20 bucks there. It could it turn out to be life-changing. It's yeah. like buying a lotto ticket. That's right. 
but the chances of it happening is very low. Like the people who had $10,000 in SHIB and then when that went to the moon, sure, they've got a billion dollars now. just doesn't happen. But the downside is if you, you know, playing with play money, your downside is very low. Your upside is potentially very high with a low probability of success. Mm. So that's why, why wouldn't you have a go? Well, that's why I said you go, um, go broad and shallow, not narrow and deep. Like us. Yes. That's what I mean. Like, and, and you both look at me like I'm going to come back with something... Something witty. Really witty, well, yeah. But this it, is like, I don't. Very droll, nasty. <laughs> this is why it comes back to me, no, Glenn, don't get distracted. It's basically gambling. You've got no idea. There's thousands of no, coins. Glenn, don't get distracted. Thank you, it's Ivan. It's gambling. Gamble responsibly. Focus on your podcast. Focus, and Invite me once every second week. Yeah, core business. And, yeah. Core like, business, yeah. Focus, yeah. focus on your future. All yeah. that stuff. In Australian dollars. But I did learn enough to be able to understand more about that world. To be able world. to have a beer with Fred. Mm. But that's, I just don't like the dogma in and the basement. hype. Yeah, I don't like the in dogma Kuti. and the hype to the crypto scene. Yeah. I think that in um, five years maximum, I think probably less, but in five years, I think if we're still having, if you're still talking to me, yeah. uh, we can we can go and recap on this episode and I think we won't be talking about Bitcoin again. No. Yeah. Boomer coin. No coins. No coin. Yeah. Unless you live in Zimbabwe. Yeah. So that's a big call. Sure. It's a call, nevertheless. Let's, let's talk about it in 2025. <laughs> what do you think the future is of investing? I think that, um, firstly, I think that, again, the the main purpose of crypto is a store of value initially for people who were dealing in drugs and guns, right, um, and money laundering and, you know, and terrorists um, and third world countries. Um, but... Over the course of so, – so let's not confuse investing versus store of value, mm. right? Um, in terms of future of investing, um, I think interesting point, um, on the local scene, there is a lot of stuff happening. And for 89% of the people, as stats show, based on Angus's advisor rating, uh, ratings view, you know, 89% of people do not have access to financial advice. They – there's nothing there, so that's why there's life show, but yeah, and you know, and and I think that there's 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 uh, you know not only the life show, but there's a few others, but 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 there are businesses trying to fill the void, like that. Eighty nine percent of people who don't have access to financial advice is coming up in pitch decks more and more, right? So people are trying to build innovative startups to go in and try and tackle that thing. Question is, is is around, you know, what does it look like and, and, and what's a simple solution that goes and, and, and you know, the the um, many, many thousands of people that, that, you know, what have you got, about 15 million people on your podcast? Basically, yeah. Basically, I think maybe at least 20. Uh, but anyway, so the 15 million people When that people listen, think podcasts, they think Joe Rogan and Glenn James. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that other guy in, in America who just disagrees with everything. I don't know. Anyway. Dave. I, there's there's a few, but anyway, yeah, Mr. Uh, Ramsey, Mr. Ramsey. No, I'm actually thinking about someone else. But oh. anyway, um, but um, you know, 
and, and it's potentially a little bit scary to think about it this way, but the people that listen to your podcast are people who are trying to get ahead in life financially. And then you've got everyone else who doesn't listen to this podcast who need to be listening to this podcast to get ahead. And across all of that, you've got basically a massive misconception that anything to do with finance is going to be fraud or filled with jargon or too hard, right? Mm. And so I think that um, to answer your question about future of advice or, or investing or whatever happens to be the case is that there has to be a strong technical or, or, or technology solution that will go in and, and, and fill the void um, between what we have today to kind of, you know, like people getting advice on Reddit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to, to actually making informed decisions, long-term investing and being, you know, having the right asset allocation and um, not having long conversations about whether we have an exposure to Bitcoin. Mm. And this is, the, this is the whole thing. Like I totally agree. And the reason I basically started this podcast was to bridge the gap between those out there who want to do better with their money but don't know where to go and almost get you to a baseline point. You were far. You were like middle, you know, central coast, wherever you decided to retire in a yeah. big house. and All that you know, stuff. Boat, and, jetty. And I don't have a boat. No, no, no I do. I don't have, you a, don't jetty. have a jetty. <laughs> a private jetty? I don't have a jetty. But How many feet is your boat? Does 24. It, 24. With a swim deck. So it's including the swim deck plus the swim deck. Twenty four feet isn't that big. I mean, you know, no. Anything you mean me hundred? You no, (laughs) no. I don't know. I'm Glenn. I'm poor. Yeah, but you have a boat with a swim deck. Yeah, but what I wanted to do was because the cost of financial advice was and is prohibitive to a lot of people who just need to get their act in order, like. We had a lot of clients that come in like, oh, hey, Glenn, needs some financial advice. I'm like, well, no, you need to get out of debt. You need to get on a budget and you need to just do some baseline things that you actually don't need an advisor for. I can help you, but I don't, I can't because I'd have to charge you a couple of grand. Mm. So that's why I did the, the podcast and get people encouraged and dialed in to this baseline. Where we've got our financial foundations in place. We've got it goal sorted. And then you're basically done with me. Like I'm really good at encouraging people and helping them clean up their mess. You know, I'm not actually that great at doing complex investing strategies and all that because it's not my thing. My absolute strength, helping you get out of your mess, cleaned up, on a path, and I'll keep you encouraged. And all the other stuff you can – and that's what I mean. Like I'm agnostic to the whole – if someone wants to go and put some money in Bitcoin or crypto, knock yourself out, I'll caution – don't Just do don't put more your than, credit card on it, right? Yeah, or don't do more than 2% of your net wealth. Just to, you know, because you need some type of guides in your life. Mm. I don't have that much crypto. Like, I'm interested in the space. Only $15 million. <laughs> That's right. I've only got $15 million USD in crypto. Well, so, it was only 100 when you started. And it was only 100 <laughs> when I started. So <laughs> I got short. <laughs> yeah. Um, so hear me loud and clear, everyone. I want you to do all this stuff, but if you're not out of debt, if you're not on a plan, if you don't have a goal and a purpose in your life. Is this a good segue into, you know, hedging your net worth into over Binance, into Bitcoin, you know? Well, this is a good... Maybe, it's an options hedge. It's, well, it's a hedge. This is a good a segue into saying when you get to the point 
where you want a coin to solve all your life's problems, that's not a good place because you get desperate and you get like, I need to crack it and I need the lottery. Most people who win lottery, most people get big inheritances. Like you were saying, with you've got to earn your um, first capital so you know what it took. Like you've got to clean up your act. You've got to get a plan. You need to have a goal for your life. You need to have some reasons for living other than money, whether that's helping people. As soon as you go down this bloody Although, rabbit hole. As of- soon as you do that, you're not going to become a good day trader. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Sorry, that's right. something else other than money. Like, yeah, that's right. It's, it's, but but like, but but interestingly enough, that is the KPI, right? Like like it's funny that you speak to um, any successful day trader and they will never talk about money being like. Funny enough, what 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 unnamed person was mm. saying before, it's that actually um, most people that are really successful traders we're, we're not like they're never materially motivated. Like for mm-hmm. them, the the bank balance. Like, look at Jesse Livermore. Is it the game? They it, love the game. It's the game, and it's also you know, like when you go and and you get credit at work for doing something really well, you get a tap on the shoulder from someone senior, and you go, "Mate, you did a really good job." With trading, it's that your bank account went up, right? Like. And and you you sort your this is money a scorecard yeah exactly but this is the problem you do anything with it other than pay tax I mean it's just the fact that it's there at the risk of being a preacher on the street corner don't be a day trader you put your faith and hope in crap that isn't real like money you'll be let down at some point but But, hang on but but so so uh, day traders don't care about what what they're trading that's right they just care about the outcome. No, I mean, they're, they're providing liquidity. It's a really important, <laughs> it's a very important. It's so, important. So if you're in a specky minor or in some cases Telstra, you know, if you want to go in and trade Telstra, you're probably going to hit a day trader, right? So in other words, they provide very important liquidity support for the market. But if they're doing that for that. <laughs> but that's not why they do it. No, of course they, like, they, they, they want the bloody outcome. money. They're not, they're, they're not there. No, they're, they're there to win on dumb flow. Actually, well, that's an important point because when you think about being in the market, not everyone's playing the same game. No, everyone plays a different game. Yeah. Right? And so, in fact, two people like you can be completely short on CBA and it might be really hmm. long on CBA, taking CBA as an example, whatever, or Bitcoin, whatever, it doesn't matter. We could both be right and both be wrong. That's right. Based on time zone. And in fact, if anyone gives you a an investment recommendation to go long in anything, you should be asking the question, well, who are you recommending to go short? I think you've just doubled every single Reddit thread. <laughs> so, and this was the thing, I was listening to a podcast the other day, it may have been a guest on Ro- Joe Rogan or I listened to Sam Harris's podcast, um, which is really good. And they were talking about... Are you paid for that recommendation? No, but I should be. You should be, yeah. I mean, um, I feel like everything is, you know, you're like a day trader. You could become a day trader. Well, I'm not doing anything without a buck involved. Yeah, got it. Um, so is that like the, the queen, you know, by, by, by appointment to Her Majesty? Basically, so, yeah. A podcast by appointment to... Okay. <clears throat> so I think it was Joe Rogan, which I'm getting a bit over him because any anytime he opens his trap about coronavirus, it's like, please give me a break. Just because, you know... Anecdotal, anecdotal like evidence. Jesus, we're still talking about it. Yeah, but it's just like anecdotal evidence isn't evidence. Just because it worked for you doesn't mean it works for everyone. Anyway, so they were talking about Bernie Sanders and wanting to 
um, tax um, hedge fund trades out of Wall Street or something like that, even a fraction portion. But they didn't. They said it actually doesn't work because the hedge fund wealth, it's just part of the system and the grease in the system. And you don't want to be too, putting too much sand in there yeah. because it's those guys that provide the liquidity and the capital into startup stuff and innovation. So it's kind of one of these things where it's like good for the geese, good for the gander-ish. And I'm probably paraphrasing really terribly. Yeah, let's not mock liquidity providers who are profitable. That's, you know. Well, if they're not profitable, they ain't going to provide liquidity anymore. Correct. <laughs> May have been in a uh, liquidity pool on Pancake Swap the other day. <laughs> <laughs> but but the reality is is that, you Just know, chilling, swimming it's, around. It's like, it's it's a thing, you the know. The APR was 340%. <laughs> <laughs> you know, look. If you put a goldfish in a in a, an aquarium without a goldfish, I mean, you know, it's not going to live. You know? mm. So, I'm just assuming like the goldfish just eat each other. But anyway, mm. <laughs> I mean, is there anything else? Like, I'm hungry. You haven't even started on the question. Well, let's you've asked the goldfish question. All right. Well, let's hit record and start the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. Um, it's green. green. My name is Ivan. Um, and Glenn is hungry. Anyway, let's just let's quick, podcast through the round let's, window. Let's quickly <laughs> the thirty-minute podcast that turned into two hours again. This is a quick question from Sam Hall. Oh, good day, Sam. Be interested to go under the hood of ETFs and how they're managed to ensure the price, the share price, reflects the value of the underlying securities. This is often spruced as being a big benefit versus uh, licks uh, when share price and undervaluing undervalue underlying value. Uh, diverge, um, but curious how ETF providers actually ensure this is the case, particularly for some of the more actively managed ETFs, which don't necessarily track a broad-based index. It definitely feels like some ETFs are overvalued, overvalued slash hyped, and he's looking at you, Crypt, versus the true value of the underlying security. So any thoughts on that? I think that's one for uh, Alex from BetaShares. Yeah. Should, should have, I'm actually should. going to see someone at BetaShares in a couple of weeks to have a chat. Oh, cool. Alex or Alan would be would no, be I'm, guys. <laughs> I'm talking uh, to the people with the money. <laughs> okay. Do you know L? Do I know L? No. Oh, no she, no. yeah. I, I, I only talk to the people that, that you know, created it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm... I'm interested. I'm just worried with some of these thematic ETFs with liquidity. Is that a concern, Vince? Um, well, it comes down to the liquidity of the underlying assets. Yeah. And price maintenance on ETFs fundamentally comes down to the ability to exchange the physical, that is the basket that makes up the ETF, for cash or units in the fund. So that if the price of the fund moves up from the value of the underlying people can rock up with a creation basket and get given units which they can then sell i think that's um, a simple th- very a, simple th- there should be a super exciting podcast where you know and and i'd, I'd be taking the cast casting couch over there mm-hmm. uh but i think that having chris breaky yeah. and someone from better shares or vanek or, i'll do a round table mm-hmm. yeah round table yeah yeah because because i think that it's interesting because i think that um robo or, or maybe you know now that the borders are opening up pat garrett from from six park another um interesting option but you know how do you 
I think there's an interesting conversation here about robo using ETFs and you know management fees and and how that all kind of fits together because it's fees on fees and you know and how does that kind of benefit the portfolio? I think that there's some interesting sort of implied questions from that that I think your listeners should be interested in. Yeah, I mean, I do want to do an episode, uh, particularly on MDAs and, mm. you know, and there's a misconception out there like robo-advisors, and really correct me if I'm wrong, the robo part is asset allocation to a point mm. because a portfolio is a portfolio. Yeah, I mean, Pat, Pat Garrett would, would agree with this because we've had that discussion on LinkedIn. Hey, Pat, if you're uh, an hour and a bit into this episode. <laughs> that... Um, Robo advice as we know it today, and that's not to say that's what it's going to look like in the future, is fundamentally about answering the question is, I've got $10,000, which of these six portfolios should I, should I be investing? Yeah, please tell me where to invest. Tell me which of these six I should choose. And it does that remarkably well and at reasonable prices. But a financial advisor will say, what are your life goals? What, you know, do we have to manage tax liabilities or Tax. What, what do you want to Whatever. do? Whatever. What is that tax? I wouldn't know <laughs> <laughs> because I've got an accountant who takes care of that for me <laughs> in Cayman Islands. In the Cayman. Okay. Question. <laughs> this is like you want to go there weirdly <laughs> to uh, the Caymans. Yeah. So <laughs> next episode from Caymans <laughs> sponsored by My okay. Millennial Money. So. I was thinking, like, because I talked to Andrew Bragg about, you know, Finfluencers and all Senator that Bragg. stuff. Sorry, Senator Bragg and... Sir. Sir Bragg. And so basically... The, the right honourable. So basically, if you were... So I think it was Beyonce or one of the Kardashians, I think. Sir. Yeah. Sir, sir Beyonce. <laughs> Ma'am. Ma'am. I think it was one of the Kardashians where she basically did a, a post about crypto, right? If I had the many followers, that Pump would be the up. one post that I would make a bazillion dollars on. Exactly. You know? Now, it's that's... the obvious place to go for advice on crypto. Totally. Yeah. Or so, like... so, that's illegal in Australia, right? No, I don't think it is. Is it? No. No. ASIC, ASIC say that cryptocurrency is not a financial asset mm-hmm. because I looked at this. Yeah. However, Putting the ACCC recommendation is totally. to hype something up... Yeah, that is illegal. That's yeah. the illegal part. So you really can't pump and dump to social media in Australia because it will catch up with you. Yeah. But, but you can still say Dogecoin to the moon. You can say all that. Like, um, but just sorry, just to be yeah. clear, let's let's not do that for the <laughs> no. listeners. Like, let's actually focus on long-term wealth building exactly. as opposed to pump and dump schemes exactly. because you will go to jail. But this is where my mind goes, and it's too much work to jail, to jail, <laughs> and Cayman Islands. So okay, cool. Good, good. This conversation is getting interesting. <laughs> if, Tell me more, Glenn. If I had an entity that was registered out of the Cayman Islands, mm-hmm. for example. Or Cyprus. Or Cyprus. Something like that. Or Mauritius. And I had a social media profile mm-hmm. and I did that pump and dump stuff and there was no weird international law, you know, prisoner treaty or whatever, what are the extradition stuff? Because Cayman Islands don't care that I'm doing pump and dump on Instagram because they're like, whatever. But because I live in Australia and I'm doing it, is it therefore illegal if I'm doing it on behalf of a company that I happen to own that's based out of and my income from that 
account, social yeah. accounts. I feel like you need to speak to some international yeah. lawyers before you I'm do just something. Curious. You know, I mean, I so suspect the fact all the that listeners here when you're doing it is the problem. <laughs> right. But don't try this at home, kitties. But okay, so one step further. Well, just don't do it. Well, don't do it. But this is just the hypothesis stuff that I think about. I move overseas. So I snap, I move overseas, and I've still got an Australian audience. I'm pumping and dumping, taking advantage of social media overseas in Australia. The government can't do anything because... Well, where's the publishing done? Where's your server? It's the interwebs, Vince. Uh, look, I, I think... Is it on Amazon here in Piermont? I there's, don't know. Th- th- there's a point of this which is interesting, and in, in, in our data team did some analysis on two meme stocks, and um, the kind of the... What happened, if you will? And we, we analysed Twitter, we analysed Reddit, and we analysed sort of the hype mm. and, and what happened. And, you know, younger millennial traders got absolutely destroyed. Whereas older people who were in those stocks to begin with, they went up. And we, we, we looked at 12 stocks and basically it was very consistent. I think that the the thing about pump and dump schemes, um, um, there's if you have a bazillion dollars and you want to make a quick buck, you know, great scheme. Go and pump and dump, right? Mm. But you'll end up in prison. So if you want to go and exchange that, then then fantastic. Because I think that like I think that where ASIC is losing the battle is that they cannot go and control everything that's going on. Where they're winning the battle, where they're correct about it, is that, you know, it's the markets should be fair and efficient. They should not be mispriced. If a business goes and loses seventy nine percent of its revenue, it should not be a billion dollar business. Like brain chip. <laughs> Yeah, so because my this is where my mind was going with the senator when he was like, "We need to regulate crypto on that." And I'm like, "But how do you I, regulate the, something the, that's there is a, completely international?" Like going back to to sort well, of we a do very, it with money, like a very deep philosophical mm. question around government regulation overall or being overly in control of stuff that is happening. Like mm. the reality is, is that you know, like, and I know this, and, and anybody who's got children will will will, will know this. Is that the answer is not to go on and beat up your child when you're not when, when you're unhappy with them doing something, right? Like that regulation just does not work. You you've actually got to go and encourage the right behavior, and the right behavior is through webcast like or, or podcast podcast like this mm. right like the reality is is the right behavior to go in and grow long-term wealth and do whatever it is it's not to go in and say hey there's a hedge fund out there that's pushing gamestop even though it's bankrupt like that's not the right and, answer and i guess that's my educational bent for what it's worth i'm here promoting you maybe yeah, exactly maybe, you know <laughs> maybe, maybe you should double down on your investment mm. yeah do you want to buy into the podcast? Equity Mate sold half mm. of it. Well, I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was. Okay, half. so just to be clear, Magellan has a shitload more money than I do. That's right. <laughs> and it interesting came out of their head that, office that money. They also operating. invest in a competitor of ours. Like yeah. you know, he, are yeah. you okay? I see. So this is not even recorded. No, just, not at okay. all. all right, so cool. Okay, go on. It wasn't their investment funds that put it into the podcast. It was their operating company. I can commit to coming on weekly and destroying your audience. <laughs> um, I don't know where I was going with that. But I think <laughs> I, just wanna, I just want to encourage people. There's often quick wins in life don't end well with money because you haven't earned it, you've spent it. If you haven't cleaned up your 
consumer debt because you're overspending. The overspending will keep happening if you put 10 grand into SHIB mm-hmm. and it goes to the moon. Like, as I always say, you can't outer and bad spending habits. Exactly. You're like a miniature Buddha. <laughs> what movie is that off, Vince? Well, you got me there. What movie? I don't know. I just, I was just shocked at the whole miniature mm. Buddha comment. Saying smart things you are. Anchorman. I'm kind of a big deal in podcasting. Yeah. So, <laughs> unique Man. New York. So, yeah, I, I just think, like, oh, as much as bookshelves. I'm, you know, fast and loose and just shoot the breeze with all this crap, I'm self-aware enough to know that I'm just an investor for the long term. And if I want to put my toe in the crypto water to see, I'm not going full ham in. Like, because I'm an investor, I want to invest in companies that have a track record, that produce income, and so buy real, time, real, real investment, real property. So last time I was in the show, we spoke about options mm. and delved pretty deep, even though you said specifically at the start of the show, let's not talk about this, right? Yeah, and, and then, then I was then, thinking, oh, it's a safe you know, space. Yeah, totally. Blah, blah, safe blah. space. Let's, you know, let's yeah. do that. And, and get your and, hand off my leg. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I just like, I just, I remember, like I was listening to that and remember that very vividly. But yeah. anyway, um, something I'll never forget. Um, this time around, we're talking about crypto. Like, if I ever get invited back, which is yeah. unlikely, but like, if I ever get invited back, like, what crazy shit are we going to be talking about? I don't know. We're going to go long marshmallow futures. Oh, now we're talking. Short firelighters. <laughs> That's an interesting best, right? Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's it's fun stuff to talk about and we haven't solved any problems no, today. We really haven't. It's, I mean, it's basically as good as dealing with a politician on a show. Like yeah. you just, you know. <laughs> All right, so we're going to end it here. Um, Vince, do you have any final words I'm worried out. Yeah. You have finally drained every word of my voc- vocabulary. Need to go and get I you. just need a beer. I was going to say, what's your, are you a, uh, what's the Irish beer? Uh, Guinness. Guinness. Actually, I actually had a very nice Guinness at the Rag and Famish in North what do you Sydney mean? last it week. It was very nice. Like it was just, it came from a different, like, you know, every, <laughs> yeah. every Guinness is unique. I mean, after, after about 10 of them, <laughs> they definitely get different. Um, <laughs> yes, I had a beef and Guinness pie and a pint of Guinness at the Rag and Famish. Wow. And so, I int- introduced your financial advisor to the delicacy. Really? I, we're not telling people that my financial advisor may be associated I, I with you. That. I okay. just said that he, he bought In your world. In your world. In a world. Uh, Ivan, do you have any final lasting... Oh, we need to talk about your IPO. Oh, sure. Let's talk about that. So I've disclosed that I've... Got invested. Some you're small inv- you're chips now on the table. Yes, yes, yeah. So I, I'm, I was, not, I'm not wealthy. I was. I was deeply offended by your two percent allocation. <laughs> like, what's you, the, you bought two percent of OMG. Yeah, we. I'm like, you did. You what, did. What's the um? What's the minimum I can put in here? <laughs> is the ticker going to be OMG? This is the big question. So yeah, the, we we have reserved the ticker OMG. Um, look, there's 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 a little bit of of interesting stuff going on and um i went i went to all this show before investors but um no look there's a couple of interesting conversations going on which um in a nutshell may mean that we won't be listed as quickly as we thought um you know and and we're getting um interesting conversations about how do we go globally how do we grow, grow quickly from international investors 
mm. um, that may mean that we can 10x our company really quickly. Um, uh, about you know, in particular, people that are looking to do this from overseas and etc. So, the very short answer to your kind of indirect question is: it's market sensitive. <laughs> In the no, well, we're we're, we're private and and well, you know the be, the best thing is if we don't get sensitive. listed. So yeah. so worst case scenario, we'll be listed early next year, or you know, sorry, I'm not supposed to say that. So in the worst case, we will be targeting a listing early next year. Sorry. Do you want me to legitimately edit that out? No, that, that that's okay. fine. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Probably no, wasn't going to sh- anyway. <laughs> I'm sure no one from Massac listened to this no. conversation. Um, but in the best case scenario. Um, you know, then you know when when uh, you you know your your equity investment will be better than all those dodgy cryptocurrency coins that you were talking about. Well, I've only lost like fifty bucks or something in in crypto. Okay, so you know you're at risk a little bit. You so, know, so you're ahead more, of your investment in the horses, pretty much. But you'll be you'll be buying me dinner in the next you know couple of years. In fact, you're ahead of my Melbourne Cup Day investments. Did you have a punt? Oh, I had a few punts. Yes. Did you really? See, I don't. I never. Bet. No, I don't. I don't care for the horses. Yeah. I think it's rubbish. I'll put Sorry up to ten everyone. options positions like that, but I will. I will not bet on. Horses. Although I was going to say there is no calculated edge, but neither is for any crypto coins. But, but do you have a few ex Macquarie mates that that do? Oh, you can. You can arbitrage the TABs. That's a pure mathematical. We'll be discussing that at dinner. Mm, anyway, <laughs> I'm not saying I do it, but I. I but I guess l- my Melbourne l- Cup l- was the. Up. I've my got an actuary mate who does very well. At my it. Melbourne Cup was the hundred dollars. Followed an actuary guy, from the Macquarie guy, who ex Macquarie guy. This guy is ex Macquarie. He's an I actuary. Followed him um, on one of his bets the the year that he totally got it wrong. I'm just you know this mic is just, I'm going to do a mic drop. It's going to be painful. It's going to be loud. Just, you know. What market, sorry? Horses. Horses. <laughs> yeah. I've got two Melbourne words. Cup For horses. anyone who believes you can't make money on the TRB, two words. David Walsh. So, Twitter him. I was going to say I don't bet on the horses, but I kind of do because I've put $50 in some coin and got two and a half trillion coins. <laughs> <laughs> but you watch, Vince. I'll be the next billionaire. AFR, uh, Young Rich. Because you invested in OMG. Exactly. Yeah. So you'd be one of the 60 under 60. Do you have any, conver- <laughs> do you have any com- um, convertible notes left on offer? I, look, I, I, for the right person, I'll make a few available. You'll print a few more. Yeah. Because I, I might be keen. Okay. Like, I, I don't do single stock. <laughs> I don't do single stock. It sounds like, you know, like I remember when I met my wife. I feel like that's what she said. Look. Buy me a few more drinks and maybe I'll invest. <laughs> yeah. in so I'm, I'm not a single guy kind of guy. Okay. <laughs> like I, I don't do single stocks with more than 10% of my net wealth. But in tonight, ag- net worth, aggregate net or worth, <laughs> but net wealth. But tonight we might take it to 20. But tonight anything could happen. <laughs> um, hey, look, so we set up an SPV, we hedge it out with crypto, you get all your listeners involved. I mean, get it quite right. Specs. You know, get it. Well, Look, let's not talk about SPACs too early or prematurely, but that's okay. Look, you know, we can we can raise ten million bucks on the back of this. Ooh. All right, we're we're getting um, you know, Ivan uh, from OMG. Thanks so much for coming back. Thank in. you. Thank and you for inviting me again. That's all right. We'll do it again. We'll, Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. We'll, okay. We'll get an episode. We'll, we'll get Chris because I actually have LinkedIn inboxed him or whatever messaged him. Uh, he's keen. Okay. Well, you know, like, you know, maybe just next time when you want someone on the show, just ask me. And well, he's just around the corner. I'll help you. 
Uh, he's in Sydney. Yeah, are they in North Sydney? I don't know. Where is their office? In Bridge Street. But oh, anyway, yeah. but like we can we can we can get Chris and we'll get him and, up here. And Pat, well, I'm, you know, I hate to, to break this to you, but you know, we've we've actually set up a studio now in 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 Grosvenor in our office. Really? So, you know, oh, so. I think I saw that. Maybe. Maybe. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so I don't want to cross the bridge. Yeah, but oh, neither, we could neither, we could vmix them together live. N- neither does Chris, right? I mean, yeah. he's an important man, and he's got an important business to run. You know, like I'm happy to cross the bridge. I, I will say, like, but the stuff that I've heard, I don't mind listening when that guy opens his mouth about equities. So, um, Chris is an extremely experienced portfolio manager, XUBS. Mm. Um, maybe we actually can get his old um, uh, boss on the show as well, who mm. who does. He's got a really good research business now, um, and uh, and is helping us in a few things. So, you know, that, that actually, you know, I might, I might be able to be a good producer to you. You know, I mean, let's see how tonight goes, yes. and, and let's see how you can you go. You got to buy a few beers. Yeah. Look, I, I'm happy to buy the beers, but you know, we'll we'll see how far we can stretch your allocation, and uh, and I might be able to get a really good show on. As I once said, I can be bought. I think anyone can be bought in yeah. this world. So. But I'll just tell my listeners, this yeah. is, I'm so transparent. Uh-huh. Like I won't tell them the actual amounts because that's irrelevant, but I'll tell them if It's I've... an in- interesting fund hedged in Bitcoin mm. at three times leverage mm. through a prime broker we have. I mean, we're done. Yeah. It's fantastic. So I think Short we're past Bitcoin. the stage of diminishing returns for this. <laughs> so I'll uh, <laughs> see you guys soon. Vince Gully, Ivan Cherilov. Bye-bye now. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns.